You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. When it comes to preaching a judgmental word, I just don't know what accent to use. But I do have a suggestion, however, what accent I could use. I want to talk to you today about your attention. Attention, please, is the title of today's message. Your, in- your attention or your intention to your attention is really, really important. Now, if tonight you wake up in the middle of the night screaming and sweating, saying, attention, 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 then this message will have worked, okay? It's important. Our attention is really, really important. In actual fact, it's extremely valuable. And the sooner that you learn to pay attention in life, the better it will be for you. We're about to go into a very busy period called Christmas. And as we go into that, you are going to be pulled in every single possible direction. You've got the magical combination of COVID and Christmas coming together to make sure that your attention is distracted. But I'd say this, the earlier you learn about paying attention, the better. It can save you an awful lot of problems. Uh, my first lesson, my real first lesson about paying attention happened when I was a teenager, a young teenager, probably about 13 years of age, maybe 14. And uh, I was going after a girl, as you do when you're that age. Uh, at least I hope you do if you're that age. Anyway, um, so I was going after this girl. Her name was Linda or Annette or Claire or Margaret or Geraldine or take your pick, join the queue. Anyway, so I was going after this girl and she was with, I was out with her one night and she was with two of her friends. And of course, I was trying to get her attention and impress her and make her laugh. And as it turned out, I was doing a relatively good job of it. She was kind of giggling. (laughs) And I was kind of making her laugh and trying to get her attention, trying to be the center of attention. And as I walked away from her, she was with her friends and said, see you next week. She said, yeah, okay. And the two friends were like, so as I'm walking across the street, I turn around and I do one last salute or something really cool like that. And she just like, I have her attention thinking she's going to go with me. This is going to be fantastic. And as I say goodbye to her, I turn around. Bang! I walk straight into a lamppost. I mean, bang! Right, because I went head first. was like, hey, girls, bang! Straight into a headpost. And as I turned around, as she fell apart and her friends fell apart laughing, and so my dreams of being with Linda fell apart too. And I learned, look where you're going. It'll pay well in your life. Let me tell you something about your attention. I just want your attention for a few minutes, if that's okay with you. I'm not going to try and do anything to get to over the top to get your attention. But let me tell you something very important about your attention. There's a, there was a, um, uh, the, the father of psychology, his name was William James. He wrote this back in the 1800s. He said something interesting about your attention. This is what he said. He said, to control your life, control what you pay attention to. If you want to have any control in your life, you must control what you pay attention to. He wrote this sometime in the 1800s when he didn't have the number of distractions that we have. But being distracted is a human condition. We're all subject to it. We have millions of distractions. He didn't have as many. And yet he said that to control your life, you have to control what you pay attention to. What are you paying attention to in your life at the moment? What is demanding your attention at the moment? When Jesus preached, when he told parables, specifically I'm going to refer here to the parable of the sower, when Jesus preached, he used the phrase, 
That is idiomatic. It's idiomatic Aramaic. It was, he who has ears, let him hear, is what Jesus said. I'm sure you've heard that before. He who has ears, let him hear. The simplest translation of that idiomatic language is this. Jesus says, if you have ears, pay attention. Pay attention. That's what Jesus was literally saying, if you translate it as literally as possible from the idiomatic language that he was using. Can we pray before we get into actual reading God's word itself? Let's pray very briefly. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to get together with your people today. Would anyone say amen? We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your spirit. We thank you for your life, and we thank, for the God, thank you for the God community that we are part of. We pray as we listen to your word. It would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our souls, and build us up in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. I want to look this morning at a passage of scriptures, just two verses. I've got a number of different quotes I want to look at as well, but I want to look at these two verses first. And they're from the the book of Nehemiah. And the story about Nehemiah is this. I want to give you just some very, very simple background on this. The children of Israel had been carted off to Babylon. They'd been taken into exile. And Nehemiah is amongst some of the first people to return after they were liberated under the Babylonian, or actually under the Persian emperor Cyrus. And so he was sent back, and he came back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He came back to rebuild his life. He came back to rebuild this city that he loved, to rebuild the people that he loved. And when he came back to do that job, he was distracted, and he was discouraged from doing that job by the locals who didn't want the Jewish people to have power again, who didn't want the Jewish people to prosper, who didn't want God's people to prosper. Now, there is somebody who doesn't want God's people to prosper, and that is your enemy, the devil. And he has basically, largely speaking, two main methods in which he attacks you. One is distraction and the other is discouragement. Distract you from the important task of seeking the kingdom of God first and then discourage you every time you fail, trip up or fall down. He's there to discourage you. In this story we're going to look at, just for a couple of verses, we're going to be looking at a situation where Nehemiah, who was very, very busy and was getting his work done, was being distracted by three guys, Sanballat, Tobiah and a guy called Geshem. These were the three leaders of the local people who didn't want the wall to be rebuilt and didn't want the people of God to be built up as well. And so they began to try and distract the work of God. May God bless us as we read his word in these couple of verses. Here's it. Sambalat and Geshem sent this message to Nehemiah. Come on, let's meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. To which Nehemiah thought, oh no, oh no, oh no. Come on, let's meet in one of the villages of the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, and so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project, and I cannot go down. Why should I stop work? Why should the work stop while I leave and go down to you? They were attempting to pull him away from the important work that God had given him. They're pulling him away from the, most, the thing that needed his attention most. They were trying to pull him away from it. The thing that you need to pay the attention most to, if you read the scriptures, is you need to pay most attention to the kingdom of God and to the presence of God. Would anyone say amen? 
And so there's going to be so much in your life that is going to pull you away from that. There will always be something demanding your attention, demanding your attention and something that will always seem more important. I was looking at Rachel a while ago holding little baby Caleb and I thought, when Caleb wants attention, he lets you know, don't you worry. Happy days. God bless the fella. There will be so many things that will demand your attention. You'll be told to focus on your career, focus on the future, focus on the crisis, focus on the climate, focus on COVID, focus on Christmas. You'll be dragged in every direction. And here he says, I am not going to do that. I am not going to be pulled back. And I love it. The enemy is persistent. Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. Each time they tried to pull me away, they said, no, I've got something more important to do. Every time there was a major distraction, he said, no, I've got something more important to do. Are you facing a distraction today? You have my personal promise that you are facing distractions today. You are facing distractions today. And I'm asking you a simple question. Who has your attention? Because attention has actually changed in its nature. Attention has changed in its nature in terms of the number of diverse ways in which we can be distracted nowadays. In fact, attention is really, really big business. There was a time when companies who used to dig for oil or gas, remember that? Remember that used to happen years ago? Who used to dig for oil or gas or manufacture cars or manufacture computers were the really biggest companies on planet Earth. They're not the biggest companies anymore. You know the biggest companies because most of them are probably installed on your phone right now. You know who the biggest companies are because you can see them every single day and they're constantly asking for your attention. Their notifications are coming in saying, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And you add to that all of the news and all of the other things and you're constantly being pulled in different directions. In actual fact, this whole business has been coined the attention economy. It's called the attention economy and this is how it works. The business model of these companies, and you probably know this, but for what it's worth, just remember this. The business model is very, very simple. If you do not have to pay for the product, you are the product. You pay for the product with your attention. You put your eyeballs on their news feeds and on their whatever feeds, put your eyeballs on whatever it is that you choose, but you, you, they, they make money from you just looking at their stuff. It's, that, it's literally that simple. And the more that they can keep your attention, the more money they make from your attention. Are you with me? So therefore, it's really, really important. But there's something else about the whole time or the whole attention thing that's even, I think, even more important. Because people talk about attention spans and they talk about how important our attention is and where we need to focus our attention. But there's something that is connected between time, between attention, and that is time. Time and attention are directly connected. Remember, you can only attend to one thing at a time. You can only attend to one thing at a time. You know when somebody having a serious conversation, your wife says, you know, listen, we need to talk about this. And you say, yes, darling, I just, I'll be with you there in a second. I just, uh, one second. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's really important. Yeah, one second. There, yeah. You can only pay attention to one thing at a time. You know, talk about multitasking. Multitasking is a myth. You cannot multitask. All you can do is switch your attention in very, very short segments of time from one thing to another. 
time and attention are basically the same thing. Where's my clicker gone to? No, what's after happening to my message? What happened there? What happened there? Are you going to come for me? They're not. Time and attention are the same thing. Zig Ziglar, the American writer and speaker and book writer said, he said, you know, he said, time is not the issue. Attention is the issue. We all get 24 hours a day. Why is Shawnee so successful? Because Shawnee pays attention to the important things in life. Why does Tom have such a deep spiritual walk? And I'm not joking. Why did? Because he pays attention to his spiritual walk with God. He has the same amount of time as you do, but he just pays attention to other things, perhaps, than the rest of us do at times. Are you with me? Your time and your attention are directly connected. Do you know you've heard the term paying attention? No, let let that sink in for a second. Listen, you need to pay attention. That's correct. You pay with your attention and you pay with your time. Are you with me? So what's going on when we're paying attention to all sorts of voices? So you are a human being and the scripture tells us that we are being changed all of the time. Amen? We're being changed. Paul says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why was Paul saying that? Paul, what are you going on about? What's the, what, what, what are you talking about? What's Paul saying when he's saying, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Well, your mind is being renewed all the time. It just depends in which way you are renewing it. Here's a quote from a guy called David Mathis. I like what he said. He said, who has your attention? What's on your screen? Who's in your ear? And this is the important part. Whatever is on your screen or in your podcast feed today is a glimpse of who you will be tomorrow. That's how important it is. That's how important it is. Because it's not only the scriptures. See, sometimes when you listen to people preaching, like me, that say, you know, the scriptures will renew your mind. But it's not the only thing that will renew your mind. It's not the only thing that will shape your head. Everything you watch will shape your head. I have a son at home and you'd swear that he was born in Brooklyn. And he was born in Cork. And when he walks around the place, he walks like somebody from Brooklyn. He kids around, he jokes like someone from Brooklyn. He can do an impression of someone from Brooklyn. If you didn't see his face, you would believe he was from Brooklyn in New York. He's absolutely perfect. My son, Fionn. That's, and do you know how he does it? He just constantly, you see everything he watches... Everything he watches, with respect, is black. Everything. All the shows he watches are black. All the rappers he watches are black. Everyone. And so he begins to sound like them after a while. Why? Because he's been renewed in his mind. He's being changed. You're being changed. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where something came out of your mouth that you saw on the TV last night? It's never happened to any of you, sure hasn't? <laughs> never happened to any one of you. I am the only one who has ever said it. I was with somebody the other day. I'm not going to tell you the full story because you wouldn't like the full story. I'd been listening to a podcast the previous day um, of one of my favorite speakers. And as he, he was saying something, he was giving out about something in the culture. And I was having a conversation the following day and literally, word for word, what he said about the culture, I repeated in that situation as though it was mine. But I was being shaped by listening to that. So if what we listen to and what we see shapes us, then... Our attention is really, really important. Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm sure you are. Are you paying attention? Good, good. 
Because you know there's something else going on with attention. And this is really important. This is important for all of us. And by the way, I'm actually nearly done. So you can take it. You don't have to hold your breath for much longer. I'm nearly, I'm nearly done, believe it or not. Here's a very important point that I think we, we may not sometimes pay attention to. But it's really, really true. Here's a quote by William James again. My experience is what I agree to attend to. That's my experience. Did you have a good day today? No. Tom was given out to me all day, darling. Like he does all the time. He was given out to me. And then I came out of the church and somebody had blocked the gate in the church. And it was just absolutely awful. I had a terrible day. Forgetting the fact that, you know, I was blessed that I got to work in a church. And I got to bless to meet people and best to be around my best friend and so on and so forth. Forget all that. I just had a bad day. Because that's what I'm paying attention to. Are you with me? Am I making sense? Am I making sense? You see, it's about, that's why the scripture continually tells us to give thanks. Why? Because what we pay attention to will be our experience. Did you have a good time? Did you have a bad time? Was the meal good? Was it bad? Were you grateful? Because if you're grateful, you're going to have a better time in life. It's that simple. Grateful people are happier people. Full stop. Take nothing else away if you need. Grateful people are happy people. So if things aren't going great in your life at the moment, see what you can pay attention to. See what you can attend to that will make your life experience just simply better. It's that simple. Look, have you ever caught your kids being... Any parents here? Give us a parent. Give us a hand up if you're a parent. Have you ever caught your children being good? You have. Very good. I wasn't very good as a parent. I was very good at catching them being bad. Hey, what are you doing? Look at the dirt. Look at the mess you've made. I remember my son Fionn coming in. Nappy full of you know what. Wipes it all over the walls. And just says, Dad, poo poo. Bless the child. I'm so grateful for that boy. What do you pay attention to? Catch your kids being good. Amen. Catch your wife being beautiful. Would any of the husbands say amen? Catch your husband being handsome and manly. Would any of the women say amen? Thank you, Audrey. Would any of the other women say amen? You have to look at my fella. And it's really true that what you attend to will dictate your experience. Some of the names in this story have been changed just for the purposes of privacy. But it is a true story. I knew a girl once. She might have been a man, just for the record. Just in case, well, what, not in that sense. So let me explain. I'm changing genders and names for the purposes of privacy. I certainly hope she wasn't a man. She was going out with a guy called Billy. And Billy was a great guy. He was a hard worker. He was capable, he was kind, he was friendly, he was lovely, he actually shone. But Billy had one weakness. Billy had a very big nose. And she went out with Billy for a couple of years, two years she spent with Billy. And then one day it just broke up and couldn't do it anymore. And I was having a conversation one day with her and I said, what happened with Billy? I mean, he's handsome, you know, he's a hard worker, he's well-educated, he's kind of charismatic, he's kind, he's giving, he's loving, and he thinks, you're amazing. You know, she said to me, she said, you know what, he was all of those things, but I just couldn't get past the size of his nose. (laughs) Every time I saw him, all I could see was his nose. And she just couldn't 
get past that because it got her attention every time. Now, it's hard when the nose is right in your face. Hi, baby. And they, she just couldn't get over his nose. So as a result of not being able to get over Billy's nose, she actually let go a really, really decent, kind, generous, loving man. Because she paid too much attention to things that don't matter. Would anyone say amen? amen? Did you ever catch yourself paying attention to things that don't matter? Moving swiftly on, let us close in prayer. So she said, I, just could, I couldn't take looking at Billy's nose. Couldn't take it. Because every time I thought of Billy, I could only think of his nose. And every time I talk of my children, all I can think of is dirty nappies. And every time I think about work, all I can think about is the boss who gives out to me. And when I think about my education, all I can think about is the hours of study that I have to do. And when I think of my home, all I can think about is the grass that needs to be cut and the window needs to be washed and the toilets that need to be cleaned. And that's all I can think about. And if that's what you attend to, that's what your experience will be. You will miss out on so much in life by just simply thinking about the wrong things. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, ah, yeah, Michael, whatever, whatever. And I say, yes, amen. Whatever is what you should be thinking about. Whatever. In actual fact, Paul says, whatever is what you should be thinking about. Whatever. He says it very clearly. He repeats it, he says, in actual fact. He says this, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and it will change your life. It will change your life. You'll be a more pleasant person inside. You'll be a more pleasant person outside. And you will focus on things that will bless and benefit your life by paying attention to these things. He goes on to say this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the, the God of peace will be with you. Do you want the God of peace to be with you? Would you put your hand up if you want the God of peace to be with you? Praise God. I want the God of peace to be with me. And for the God of peace to be with me, I want to think about what God wants me to think about. I want to pay attention to the things of God. Maybe the band would come up, guys. You want to come up? We're going to play a song just in a second. I want to pay attention to the things of God. In actual fact, Paul writes later in the book of Hebrews, or we, at least we think it was Paul, writes in the book of Hebrews a little bit later. He says something really simple and something that we need to pay attention to and something that will affect all of our lives for the rest of our days. We're going to sing the song in a second. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. How many people here have decided to follow Jesus? Will you stand with me? You see, we tend to sing this song on baptism days. And that's really important. The guys are wearing the t-shirts. I'm wearing the t-shirt myself. It's under my shirt. I'm like Superman. I'm going to pull it open in a minute. We sing it on those days. But you know what? It's a song we should sing every day. It's a song to remind us every day. I have decided to follow Jesus. That's what I'm going to pay attention to. Now I know that there's a lot of people inside in this room have a lot of stuff going on in their lives and you're being pulled and distracted in every possible direction. 
But can I give you the piece of advice that Paul gives to the Hebrew Christians? He says very simply, he says, we must never stop looking to Jesus. He is the leader of our faith. He is the one who makes our faith complete. How's about saying today, as we close, Lord, I want to give you all of my attention. Would you help me to turn my head from the distractions and the things that tear me away and fix my eyes upon you as I declare that my intention is that my attention would be on you, Lord. If that's your prayer today, would you raise your hand? Will you invite, will you put the other hand with it? We're going to sing in a second, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the life that you have given us. But we know, Lord, that this living, breathing life that we have is short. And it's going past. And it's being spent 24 hours at a time. Lord, I pray that we would be intentional in our attention. Would anyone say amen? Lord, I pray that as we go into our everyday, not just the high special days like today, as we go into our everyday, we would fix our eyes and never stop looking to Jesus. He's the one who starts our faith. And Lord, hear our prayer today. Will you finish our faith with us, we pray in Jesus' name. So that when we breathe our last, Lord, we'll still be able to say, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We're going to sing. Will you sing with me? We're going to sing, I have decided in celebration. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The guys are going to play us out in a second. I'm just going to ask you. Would you say something with me? Could we say something together? I just want a simple declaration. No turning back. Will we declare that today? Who will declare that today? Lord, today, Albert, 30 years a Christian today. God bless you, Albert. Albert, will you declare no turning back? Mohan Farhu, we're going to declare together on the count of three. One, two, three. No turning back. Let's give it one more try with a bit of energy, will we? One, two, three, no turning back. Lord, hear our prayer. Take us at our word, we pray. In Jesus' name and God's people say. God bless you, brothers and sisters. We're going to be baptizing here after the half 11 service. The guys are going to play out. We're serving coffee downstairs in the Courtyard Cafe. God bless you and go with you.